Hey, welcome to Soundplay. Got a new term for you. Shoshin. You know what that means? Beginner's mind. Let's reflect on that for a minute. Beginner's mind. Why would you want the mind of a beginner? Nobody likes to be a beginner. You pick up a guitar. This sucks. I can't even play a G chord. I get it. But think about the passion that learning inspires when you don't know what you're doing or at least you go into a situation saying I don't know like for instance if I am well learned in a topic and I really think I've thought it all out and I've thought it clearly then if a new idea comes to me I say no there's only a few options because I have I have really thought this out but how much can you think about a topic before you're just thinking and no the topic is no longer being engaged in a new way. This is the word. Anyway, um, I ate some chicken about an hour ago and it's starting to come up my throat now. And I'm just worried that as I talk, I might like throw up. So I'm gonna go make sure that I don't throw it up. I guess what the lesson is, is when you cook your chicken, you wanna make sure you get handsy with it and like really cook it. Uh, undercooking your chicken is not great it's um it's a little scary actually so i don't know put your seatbelts on grab your cat um if if your cat isn't particularly ferocious give, give your cat a kiss remind your cat that i'm your owner i feed you i take good care of you and i love you because animals they need that shit too they need to be reminded they're loved they need to be cherished they need to be, they need to be held you know they have lives, like, especially if your cat's alone. If your cat doesn't have a cat buddy, you're the buddy. You're the cat buddy. Be the buddy to the cat. Anyway, let's uh, let's take a listen. Put your AirPods on. Kick your feet up. And enjoy the show. Thanks for listening to Soundplay. You're listening to Soundplay. Alrighty, yo, show. That features audio work. From SU. All right, guys. So check this out, right? You know, I, I, I have a serious addiction to burritos. I'm not, I'm not sure what it is, you know? There's something about all those ingredients being wrapped up. You know, there's a lot of wholesome. You, you get your you get your rice, your beans. You know, it's all, it's, it's convenient. That's what I love about it. And what makes a burrito a burrito is that excellent fold. You know, that folding magic. You know what I'm saying? That... That, that corner fold and a lot of people you know a lot of these workers nowadays i hate to I, I hate to you know put some shame and shade on the workers but they really don't know how to fold a burrito and that's the whole point of a burrito there's no other point if i wanted you know a bowl i'd get a burrito bowl you know what i mean i uh, the whole uh, the, the icing on the cake for a burrito of course is you know, that the ingredients are good but if the you know the burrito isn't sound and it doesn't hold up, then w- why? I'd rather it's a salad at that point. It's it's a it's a taco salad. And I didn't order a taco salad. I ordered a burrito. So I don't know if 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 you can't fold it, you know, double it up, layer it up. I mean, come on, come on, people. Bad um, set. Oh, wait, I gotta I gotta get my papers up because I believe I have to do something right now. We're gonna talk about comedy show. That's a rant. Uh, a sto- we're gonna talk about a few stories. Story, um, please. Thank you. To start off, I've got 
got Brittany's story. This is her. This, I believe, touches on topics of love. So we'll get into that. And then uh, we're going to get into Matt and Jenna's take on everything's alive. And they're going to talk about different things and their own pieces. And it should be a good time. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this tape right here should have all three pieces on them. So hopefully it flows together pretty well. And I'll see you guys when all the stories are done. Uh, don't get too rowdy, guys. I know. It's a lot of stories. It's a lot of action. You'd only get that here in Salem. I'll say that. Salem State University. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it tangled. Don't get it jangled. Alright. Fasten. Buckle your seatbelts. Let's get rolling. Play the tape. All right, I'm gonna play the tape. Play I heard. Please. Yeah. Thanks. You're ridiculous. I like to have some fun before before we get into things, you know. You know, I like to to talk to the crowds. Yeah, they're doing. What's that? Oh, oh, this is COVID. Oh, this is COVID, and I'm and I'm isolated, and I'm talking to myself. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. How much DMT did you smoke before you got here? <laughs> anyway, I'll play the tape. Yeah, I'll play the tape. All right, here it is. I believe that you can choose to learn from an experience rather than resent it. Five and a half years, 65 months, 286 weeks, 2007 days, and countless hours. I keep telling myself that it wasn't a waste of my time, that it was a learning experience, but I didn't want to learn from my first love. I wanted to feel my affection reciprocated Instead, I settled. 18 to 24, I missed my early 20s to spend it with someone who's now a complete stranger to me. I was only 18 when I met you. I barely kissed another person, let alone fell in love with one. It's crazy, isn't it? 18 years old and we're legal adults, but I feel as if I was a child then. The amount of growth that people are capable of doing is incredible, but the same could be said about their decline. Things weren't always bad with you, but I can hardly recall the positive memories. Most of it's just become a haze. With all those days and weeks and months and years, you think it wouldn't simply disappear, but it did. It's emitted from my mind like some bad movie I paid too much to see at the theater. Yeah. Never gonna watch that again. What a waste of 10 bucks in two hours. You took up so much more than 120 minutes of my life and cost me so much more than a $10 bill. I'm never going to let myself live through what I did with you again. Too much of my precious time given to someone who did not deserve it. It's not just you though, it was me. I was naive. I didn't know better, I wish I did. I wish I could go back to 18-year-old me and shake her and tell her not to do it. Yes, I am kicking myself now. I wish I could have done things differently. Here's the thing though, it's over now and it's up to me to get better. There's no use in continuing to kick myself. I used to sit up at night and think about it a lot. What would it be like if I had done something to escape sooner? 
Would I be who I am today? Would I be here? How different would my life be without you taking part in it? What I do know now is that I've come out significantly stronger. Although there's still that bit of me that's like a wounded puppy that still flinches when someone yells at a car too loud or assumes that I'm being annoying by simply asking if someone's okay. I used to constantly walk on eggshells with you thinking it was normalcy. I've now realized the fault in that thought. Being gaslit had become a constant occurrence in second-guessing my specialty. And of course, the therapy helped, but there are still glimmers now and again that remind me of who I used to be. and It makes me feel just as anxious as I did before. I remind myself that I'm not that girl anymore. I'm confident and I'm proud, and I will not tolerate that treatment ever again. A learning experience. That's what everyone tells me. So what have I learned? Don't settle. Trust your gut. You don't need anyone but yourself. You are worthy. You are capable of doing anything that you set your mind to. And if anyone tells you otherwise, kick them out of your life, but don't kick yourself. Today, we will be interviewing who some would call patriotic, historic, and glorious, while others would say that he is infamous and represents the blood of America. I would like to welcome to the show, Glory, the American flag. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to give clarity to anyone listening. Wonderful. We can jump right in if you'd like. Sounds good. So, everybody wants to know, in your opinion, what do you represent? Well, what do you mean? Well, like, the history that surrounds you. There are so many different eras that you've represented, so in your opinion, what do you think you represent? I think I represent so many things from democracy to freedom to just America in general. I am also aware that in some countries around the world, I am viewed with fear, and given America's history, I understand. But that doesn't take away from the fact that I am a major root within the tree of America. Do you understand why so many people have a negative connotation towards you? Well, yes, but I am so much more than that. Troops, freedom, democracy. Well, yes, this is true, and you've already stated that, but I would like you to expand a little, because you did say that you understood why people have a negative connotation towards you. I do, I do. I've lived through it all, from napalm strikes in Vietnam, to the wars for oil in the Middle East, to the nuclear bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, just to name a few. But given that I am hundreds of years old, it should almost be expected that I will have an array of atrocities in my history because of what the world functioned as before the end of World War II, and especially before the United States won the Cold War. That's an interesting perspective. Thank you. My next question relates to the emergence of, dare I say, your family members. My apologies if I overstep my boundaries, but I just have to ask, what is your opinion of all these different versions of you that you see being born? For example, the Blue Lives Matter flag. 
It's a little weird, but ultimately they have roots similar to mine, and in some facet I can empathize with them. That's an interesting perspective. So, I understand that you're somewhat accepting, but if it were your choice, would you be the only version of you that exists? I think so. I mean, America's history is my history. I served in two world wars and never saw other flags take over the way they have in the last couple of years. I mean, for over a hundred years, I served as a constant in America. I served as a symbol against fascism, dictatorships, and communism. I represented civility on the public level and dominance on the political level. When I would turn on the news during the 1980s, sure, there were some negative stories relative to the wars on drugs, but from Nixon to Jimmy Carter to Reagan, there existed a constant, and that constant was me. But if we're speaking in this context, I would rather be correlated to someone like Uncle Sam. Okay, so to paraphrase, you see yourself as an eternal aspect of the idea of America, the same way that Uncle Sam has always existed as a symbol for America's society and political system? I mean, indirectly, yeah. We both represent Western ideologies and capitalism. Both of us are polarized and are manipulated through various modes and rhetorics to fit a wide variety of agendas. And if you think about it, we were both born as a response of war in different forms of nationalism. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Are there any other figures that you see yourself in? You did previously mention both the Confederate flag and the Don't Tread on Me flag, so I was hoping to get some clarity. Did you mention these flags because they have beliefs similar to you? I mean, yes and no. I honestly hate the Confederate flag. It was created as a direct challenge to me, and if the faction that created that flag won, I would not exist today. Now, the Don't Tread on Me flag was created with the idea that the snake never backs down and, like me, was birthed as a pure form of American nationalism. But that flag has, sim- has some different beliefs than I. That flag represents hands-off government and anti-Britain rhetoric. Although I am anti-monarchical, for example, like kings and queens, that does not mean I inherently believe in small government. Okay, I can see that. Is there a type of government that you do represent? I represent democracy, capitalism, and whatever the citizens support and implement through their voting. Therefore, I could be hands-on, like someone like Barack Obama, for example, or hands-off, someone like Donald Trump. What I can say is that I'm anti-socialism, communism, Marxism, or any other political concept within that realm. For anyone that does not know, a couple examples of socialist system would be universal health care or universal college tuition. These concepts can become universal from higher taxes and hands-on government. Oh, oh, oh Obamacare! That's a, that's a great example of a socialist party that just it's kind of failed. <laughs> it's in my DNA as a capitalist to be against quote-unquote big government. It's like how people who are born in Boston love the Red Sox and absolutely hate Yankees fans. <laughs> well, I am from Boston, so I definitely know exactly what you're talking about there. Oh, wow, that's, that's wonderful. So tell me, is it Belichick or Brady the reason that you guys got all those rings? Honestly, my parents were really into football, but I was not myself. But I do understand the energy and ideals of Boston fans. Ah, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> exactly. Now, let us get back to these questions, if that's okay with you. Oh, yes, of course. Ask away. Okay, great. We are going to switch gears back into a more serious topic. 
How does it make you feel when people say that you represent horrible atrocities such as slavery, wars for profit, other forms of system systematic racism like segregation, or the war on drugs, and the oppression of women and those who are members of the LGBTQ community? I honestly get sad. I mean, in many ways, I serve as a representation of the times. It's very subjective, dependent upon where you might find me. I will hold a completely different connotation. Do you ever wish that citizens could only see the positives that you present? Yes and no. I think if you ask anyone if they wish that everybody only saw their positives, they would say yes. However, I am who I am, the stars and the stripes remain, and honestly, I think I deserve more respect from a lot of Americans. Why do you deserve more respect? Because when you think of democracy, Western ideologies, and the leaders of the new free world, I am the first image that comes to mind for millions of people around the world, positive or negative. So, to clarify, you believe that being respected is more important than being liked? Yes. You don't have to like me, but you have to respect me. I exemplify bipartisanship. I have always remained for a reason. It is only recent history that people have started to widely disrespect me in America. So I am confident that things will change. But what if things don't change? What if the contempt that millions feel towards you only increases? No matter what the future holds, I am the, sim I am the symbol of America. I have been for hundreds of years and I know that I will be for as many years that may come. However, as I previously noted, I follow whatever the people decide in conjunction to their beliefs and opinions. If through a democratic vote, Americans decided to get rid of me for someone new, I would have to respect it and move on. Because that's what America is all about. There's one last question I'd like to ask you. If you could express one thing to our, li to our listeners, what would that be? If I could express one thing, it would be to always take in all of my history, all of my representations, and all of the ways that I can be manipulated before you pass judgment on me. It is easy to look at me and allow me to fit in your agenda, but I just wish both sides would stop. In my perfect world, I am a constant between partisanship that exists within America. When you think about me, think about America as a whole and the way I symbolize it. And if then you still hold contempt toward me, I will absolutely respect you. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, no, no. Thank you. It, this was an absolute pleasure and I loved speaking with you. Oh, thank you. I have to ask, could you get Uncle Sam on a future podcast for us? Well, America last fought a major war a little over 10 years ago and Uncle Sam only really comes around when there is a war. I think so. Yeah, that... There's an upcoming war, and once that happens, Uncle Sam comes out of his bunker. Oh, well, maybe I don't want to interview Uncle Sam then. <laughs> I just want to thank our listeners for listening to another weekly session of Everything is Alive. Our podcast would not be possible without our fans. Every single one of you is what makes this possible. If you ever see that notification about an interview with Uncle Sam, then we are in trouble. Welcome back to this week's episode of From My Mom's Basement, a show that started when my student loans made me move back to my mom's basement. To any new listeners, welcome, and let me tell you a little bit about the show itself. 
Each week, I rummage through this old basement until I find a miscellaneous object worth interviewing. This week's guest is Bill, the $1 bill. Hello, everyone. Now, Bill, when I found you, you were sandwiched between the cushions of an old armchair. Can you remember the last place you were before getting stuck at the bottom of my dad's old favorite armchair? Oh, of course. When all you can do is go from place to place, you tend to have a really good memory. Right before I was lost in that old armchair, I was actually left in this random intersection. On purpose? Yeah, strangely enough on purpose. I was talking to the other bills in the guy's wallet before I got ditched, so to speak, and they said it had something to do with the man's daughter. I guess he always used to read this one book with her called Stargirl, and in it, the main character leaves spare change around for people to find. But a quarter isn't exactly high currency anymore, so he does it with paper money. Did the other bills know what happened to the guy's daughter? Is it sort of like some tribute to her? His checkbook had said that they weren't exactly sure what happened to his daughter, but he seemed to be spending a lot of money on medical bills. Writing lots of checks, you know. He never kept money long enough or the same checkbook long enough for anyone to get the full story. Is it the same intersection every time? Same amount of money? No, I guess he does it randomly. Maybe one dollar here and five bucks over there. Whatever he can manage to part with for the time being. What is it like being something someone can part with, so to speak? We live in a capitalist society, and as long as it stays that way, you won't find me getting teary-eyed every time I'm used in exchange for something. The way I see it is your world would cease to exist if it weren't for us, so it doesn't matter that we float around so much. Since the first one of us was printed in 1862, we've been the center of your world. Money makes the world go round, right? Exactly, my friend. You don't get lonely, though? I'm not human. I'm a material item. In fact, I'm the best material item there is. My purpose is to be spent, not to sit around questioning morality and the cause of existence. Sure, I can listen to humans debate such things, but the main concern is just making sure I get spent on something. Does it matter to you what you get spent on? Are you ever offended if you're spent on, say, like, for example, a really ugly pair of socks? Money never stops circulating, and so at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. In fact, if anything, each bill has their own funny stories. Like, I remember one time some kid used me to con another kid by telling him he'd trade five pennies in exchange for one dollar. And it worked? Yeah. <laughs> it was a young kid who didn't know any better. To him, five is more than one, so bang, he'd profited. So if it doesn't offend you depending on what you're spent on... Does it make you particularly happy to be spent on certain things? Do you have a preference for what you're used in exchange for? The older a bill is, and the more it's seen, probably. But I'm fairly young. As of now, I'd say I'd prefer to be spent on whatever keeps this capitalist society capitalist. Oh yeah, forgot about the whole no sitting around and pondering morals thing. So, what is your opinion? what in your opinion keeps a capitalist society capitalist? Hmm. An easy example is private property. Capitalism thrives on private property, competition, and private control of the factors of production. As long as there is divide between people that causes a good portion of them to have to sell their ability to work to those who are in power, capitalism will thrive. So basically, as long as one group of people can be exploited by another group? Exactly. You are the workers and the capitalists, and we are the golden ticket worth exploiting yourself for. Well, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound too pretty, huh? No, no, it doesn't. Look, just as I am one of the many trillions of bills that exist in the world, you're one of the many billions of people. The quote-unquote problem. 
problem, according to you, is a lot bigger than the both of us. Then again, I don't exist to make the world a better place, but changing the way the entire world seems to function is a lot bigger than just you and me. But things do change. I mean, there was once a time where we didn't even exchange money. We'd trade chickens for milk and leather for wool. And existence used to be futile unless I was made out of gold. I know. But change takes a long time, and it mostly relies on the collapse of systems. You know, empires fall and suddenly chickens are out and it's all about red rubies. Capitalism started in the 17th century and still exists to this day. I think it would require a pretty big collapse to change things. For someone who doesn't debate morality, you seem like an existential nihilist. My very existence depends on the exploitation of one group by another. I don't know what exactly you're expecting, my friend. Maybe, like, a funny story on the worst thing you ever use in exchange for? Ooh, there was this garage sale once. I like where this is going, Bill. You knew you would, pal. Okay, so there was this garage sale. No, wait, it was an estate sale. The owner of the house was some hoarder, and when she croaked, it was basically like she had left behind the inside of an I spy book. Random objects everywhere. That didn't make much sense altogether. You'll never believe what I got spent on. Should I take a guess? Knock yourself out, my friend. Here's a little hint. It's beyond tacky. Hmm, please tell me it was something like a bottle of diet water or some diamond-encrusted yo-yo. Even worse, it was one of those fish that you hang up on the wall and when you press the button it sings. Oh my god, not a big mouth Billy Bass. Yes, from the Burger King commercials or whatever, it's saying, I will survive, and I guess by pure spite it did. Well, what an uplifting note to end things on. Thank you, Bill, for being with us today, and to any listeners out there finding themselves suffering from the 2020 blues, this one goes out to you. Nobody's here. I'm right here, dude. Well, they, it's, hey, I mean, they, they missed out on the stories, you know. You're not funny, dude. Oh, oh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's because I'm not funny? Is that is that why they left? That's exactly... Hey, how'd you like the stories, though? They were actually really good. There you go. See what happens when you stick around? Yeah. Hey, what's your name? My name's John. Oh, I'm Connor. Nice to meet you. You too. Yeah, you know, sometimes you get a bad set here and there. It's, it's That's the business, you hey, know what I mean? <laughs> so what do you do for a living? Oh, I don't really want to say it's, uh, yeah, no. All right, I'm just going to play the outro. All right, see you, man. And here we go. Where's that damn thing? Oh, there we go. Thanks for listening to Thank Sound Play. Thanks. 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 Thanks.